Grace and peace is ours in this evening as we meditate on Jesus, the best friend we could ever have, that even though we would reject him, he would be our constant friend. I'll just reread the last few verses as they're reprinted on page 7 of the Passion reading for tonight. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were talking about her wedding. I was the pastor, and she is planning her wedding, and I said, have you decided who you're going to get for your maid of honor or matron of honor? And she got kind of a panicked look on her face. She said, I have two, two different girls that I had thought that were my very best friends, and she said, I ruined one relationship, and I know why she won't talk to me any longer, but the other one I don't know what happened, but just one day she just turned off and rejected me. And she said, I begged her to let me make it right, whatever it was that I've done. And I've never been able to find out. And it's been a couple years now. And she said, I honestly don't know what I'm going to do. And she, her eyes are welling up with tears. She, that's the pain and the hurt of rejection. That's the feeling I was looking at that mimics what Jesus was feeling where these people that were had lived life with him had done life and he had invested so heavily in them he even left his own family he said of of these men these are my mothers and brothers for these men and all 12 of them left him and two of the 12 they they committed bitter bitter friendship sins Jesus is a little different than my friend. My friend was bewildered that her one girlfriend had left her, but Jesus wasn't bewildered. He knew they were going to do that when he chose them. Some people will say, yeah, but well, he was the son of God. He didn't hurt as badly as we did. He coped much better. Wait, 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 wait. Never, ever did being God And fully human, perfect fully human, mean that you escape pain. Actually, what it means is that you experienced pure pain. What we do? Well, we cash out and go to blame. Or we numb our pain with substance. Or we just repress it. Or we're just frankly oblivious to how much it really should hurt because we're so fallible. And every now and then when it really dawns on us, it's so painful. We're glad that we were ignorant before and we don't really want to go there anymore. But Jesus felt it all. He felt just how deeply he hurt as a friend that was rejected by his friends. Every single one of them. But the two, Judas deliberate, contemplated, planned rejection. He's going to turn Jesus over. 
He knows where he prays at Gethsemane. They want to arrest Jesus when the crowd's not around because they're afraid the crowd would get on to them if they arrested him in the temple. And he knows where to find Jesus. So he snitches on where he goes to be alone. And then he takes him right there and he marks Jesus in the dark. Right? Peter? Not so deliberate. Here, he says, I will even die with you. But he's a marked man. Satan has passed before the throne of heaven and asked if he might be able to sift Peter like wheat. Just like when Satan passed before God's throne with the angels and asked if he might sift Job. And he put Peter in a very tight spot. And Peter cracked. In a span of just a few hours, maybe only two or three Peter does the exact opposite of what he so vehemently said he wouldn't do. And it's all about this friendship. And you know, when every year when we get to Lent and we look at these men, I want to be angry with them. But it's hard. Because I see myself in them. Do you ever see yourself in these guys? I remember in high school, one of my best buddies, about four or five of us ran together. He told me a secret, asked me not to tell anybody. You know what happened? I told. Within 24 hours, I told, to my shame. 37 years later, I can still see the pain and hurt and anger in his face when he confronted me about that. And our relationship was never the same after that. And I still see his wife on Facebook and I think about that sin against that friend. I see myself in Peter. There have been people that I've loved, admired, whose names were being spoken against in my presence, in my lifetime, more than once. And I didn't speak up even sort of distanced myself because they were, after all, getting criticized so much. That's what Peter did. You cannot appreciate the Savior's love if you do not admit that you find yourself in Peter and Judas or have not been there. Did you hear what in the Passion reading what Jesus said? He said, if anyone accepts me, they accept my Father. In another place, he said that, and he added, if they do not, if they deny me before people, they deny my Father. This is what's so frightening about Lent. It's not just I can find myself in Peter and Judas. It's that I'm scared that I can find myself in Peter and Judas because I am still that weak fickle, sinful flesh. And I'm scared that if I got put in similar situations today, I'd crack like I did before. And if I reject Jesus, and I've done what I've done to friends, to Jesus and His Word in front of people. Oh, it's easy to stand in the the fish tank with the saints here and preach boldly, but it's just as hard for anyone like me to be out in the world and stand up for Jesus as it is for you. And I'm scared that I would deny him and deny his father and then be denied 
on the last day of my life. That's why I love to watch Jesus behave around these two men. You see the grace? When you think about, not just in this story, but we'll talk about it, and then the, uh, the, the following things that happened. In this story, Judas is at the table and he's already made some arrangements that he's going to tell them where to find Jesus. He's planning to betray him. He's already made the deal for 30 pieces of silver. And he's at the table and Jesus says to the whole group, one of you is going to betray me. Now, everybody gets raw at that moment, right? Well, he knows us better than we know ourselves, so is it going to be me? Just like I'm up here confessing my weakness. They knew they were weak. Jesus had read through their hearts and minds for three plus years. They'd been turned inside out more than once. Is it me? Peter says to John, ask him who it is. What was Jesus up to? Why was he saying it ahead of time? Why would he say, one of you is going to betray me? Well, he said in the conversation, I want you to know that, that about some of these things ahead of time so that when they do happen, you know I am who I say I am. He said there's even a passage of Scripture from David's psalm that says someone will eat with me and then raise up their heel against me. But he was also saying to whomever that might be, and he knew who it was, I know what you're up to, and I still have you at my table. Have you ever wondered why when Peter said, ask him who it is, and John says, well, who is it, that Jesus doesn't just say, Judas! That's what Don would do. <laughs> what is this thing about dipping the bread and feed, feeding it to him? That's an Eastern way of marking somebody as the guest of honor. If two families got together at one house. The man of the house would take that at the beginning of the meal and he would dip that bread and he would feed the man of the other family as a guest of honor. So instead of just saying, Judas, he's saying what? I still love you. I still count you my friend. I still count you as a guest of honor. All of this love, because Romans 2 will tell you, it's the love of God that leads people to repentance, not the wrath of God. All this love is to give Judas an opportunity to repent. And what happened? Right as he dipped that, put it in his mouth, Jesus can see the spirit world. What happened to Judas? Satan entered him. He let him. Rebellion is as witchcraft. And he was filled with witchcraft. And oh, Jesus said, go out and do what you must do. Do it quickly. Everybody else is in denial. They can't be, you know. They never thought Judas would do something like that. And they, so they think he's going to give money to the poor, which people did during the Passover like that. Later, when Judas comes into the garden, and it's dark, 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 and so he marks, he says, I'll go up and give that kiss of greeting to the one you're supposed to arrest. Do you remember what Peter, I mean Peter, Jesus whispered into his ear as Judas kisses him on the cheek? What did he say? Judas, are you going to betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Do what you came for. Judas stepped back. This is the one. 
See, Judas's big problem was not that he sinned more grievously than Peter. It just really doesn't matter if you snitch on where he prays or if you deny him while he's in court. You're both wretched friends who rejected him, right? Judas's biggest problem was that he didn't believe that Jesus had grace and mercy for him. And so he went out and he punished himself and he hung himself. You remember the love that Jesus showed for Peter? Right here, he's telling him, Peter, will you really lay down your life for me? Before the rooster crows to wake people up in the morning, you will have denied me three times. There, in another gospel, it says, the, he said this to Peter, Satan has prayed for you that he could sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you also that when you return, you will strengthen your brothers. He laid out the history of repentance and faith and return as a rejected friend. Remember, time out. This Jesus is hurting terribly by these two men. And what's he doing for them? He's loving them. And so, after his resurrection, well, time out. He actually, when Peter denies him the third time and the, the, the rooster crows, what happens? They start pulling Jesus out of the court. He's already been beat up by the Sanhedrin. And what does he do? He looks at him. You know, there's really two reasons why you turn your face away from somebody. Either you have guilt over you've hurt them or you despise them because they've hurt you. But what does Jesus do? He looks at him. Because he loves that man. And it was that love that kept those tears from being only tears of guilt, but they were also tears of repentance. See? And so Jesus is reaching out to Peter. That's what comforts me when I think about myself, when I watch this stuff happening, because I see Jesus doing that for us and for me. And then, after his resurrection, and they're out by the lake, and they get the big catch of fish, and he says to Peter by the fire, three times, do you love me? Doesn't ever mention the sin of Peter, does he? And he doesn't ask, Peter, do you think I love you? Because that's a given. Peter knows Jesus loves him. And it's not about the sin. Peter, I just want to tell you that that was the sixth time you sinned against me. Remember when you asked me about seven times once? No, he doesn't bring any of that up. He says, take care of my sheep. I, my love for you is a given. I'm always going to love you. I'll always be calling you back. But it's your love for me that will drive you to serve or else you'll fall away from service because your love will grow cold. Do you love me? After Jesus ascended into heaven, Peter fell off the wagon again. And Jesus sent an outsider to talk to Peter. Remember? Paul. Paul saved Peter's eternal life because Peter was denying the gospel up in Antioch and Paul confronted him in front of everyone and he brought Peter back to the faith. Peter sinned 70 times 7 and he knew Jesus covered them all. And so as he writes letters late in his life, he writes about the love of God and this is what he says. Brothers, now that you've loved each other, 
love each other deeply because when you love each other deeply, love covers a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4.8 Where did Peter get that? <laughs> His Savior. Loved him a little at first and then Peter experienced that deep love where he loved, that love of Jesus covered a multitude of Peter's sins. You know what, my friend? It covers all of your sins too. You have a friend that you have rejected, but he still loves you, and he's still going to come back all the time with people armed with his grace and truth, and he's going to call you back to his precious love. So that all of your life, you can sing the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and mean it. And you can look Him in the eye, because you know your guilt isn't in the way, and you know He has never hurt you. Isn't that beautiful? This is the hurt and the help of Lent. It's both sad and happy, all at the same time, because it's real truth. Amen. Amen.